I've got two pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And it is December 25th. It is Christmas morning. I hope that you're listening to us bright and early because this drops at 6 a.m. while you're uh, drinking a little whiskey in your coffee and getting ready for your day. However you choose to celebrate. Or not. We're going to talk about basically that today. <laughs> uh, is this a big day for you? Is this not a big day for you? What is it to us? Um, and we're also going to talk about frankincense. Yeah, frankincense. It's super cool. It smells really good. I've never actually seen it before. This is my first time like seeing it. It's, it is a b- botanical. I can't wait to tell you more about it. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I am really excited about this. I am, I am the Christmas winter dork. So this is definitely my jam. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the most beautiful tree. Oh, thank you. I've always wanted to get a tree in my apartment, but not decorate it and and try to get the cats to climb it and have it be like their winter jungle, jungle gym. I <laughs> I want to wholeheartedly endorse this. I think this is the cutest idea, but it has to be the right tree because uh, I'll share I'll share photos uh, of my tree with everyone on our Instagram, which is. 5C2P pod. On the old gram. On the old gram, yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's a big woolly mammoth of a tree this year. And and I don't, I feel like if there was a big woolly mammoth of a tree in your house, um, well, first of all, the the pet that shall not be named would (laughs) grab a hold of it and drag it across your house. He does love (laughs) eating sticks. It's like his dream stick. And I'm curious if the cats would like get in it and climb it. Or if they would prefer a more sparse, like, space between the branches tree. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's a theory I think I'm going to have to test out. Maybe I'll find, like, somebody's old Christmas tree just hanging out on the side of the road and drag it it in and see what happens. It truly bums me out. I don't know (laughs) what happens to the Christmas trees that are, like, cut and then not used. I hope they're turned into mulch or fertilizer or something. My mom always used to take the... um, the tree, the unwanted trees or the tree that we had mm-hmm. um, and afterwards put them outside in the snow as is so st- stand them up for the birds uh, because birds need a lot of shelter in the winter and they would totally hang out inside the warm fuzzy branches. That is so sweet. Hazel, what a sweet lady. <laughs> Goodness. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious. If you know what happens to the forgotten trees, uh, <laughs> the, the forgotten holiday trees of the world, um, drop us a line on our email at 5C2P at Gmail. Uh, yeah, that, I, I do. I have a woolly, shaggy, mammoth, muppet of a tree, and I decided to get it because I wanted to hug it. It just, it looked soft and huggable, and I Dan was like, that's yeah, the one. <laughs> you're 100% right, and as soon as I saw it, I wanted to hug it too, yeah. It is, I have to say, um, it, this is this is a Christmas tree for me because it makes me happy. This is not a cat toy, but it is a cat toy. It is a constant war with the cats. I They were never like that, I feel. Like, growing up, also, I always had cats in the household, and they were allowed in the room with the tree. And, but, like, they never really bothered it. They slept under it a lot, and... Okay. Good old Daff used to sleep under it too, but Kenway and the boys now have it's like a competitive Olympic sport of who can knock the most ornaments off per night. Oh, so it's an or the ornaments are the appeal. Yeah, they have no desire to actually climb the tree. 
um, that they usually like they'll chew on it they'll play with it a little bit here and there not often mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they sleep under it especially if there's like presents or something in front of it because it's a little cave in the back okay but it is a <laughs> it is a regulated sport of <laughs> in our household of who can knock off the most ornaments and i have to say they're really kind they usually choose the wooden ornaments oh um i don't know why maybe it's just because over the years i've subconsciously hung all the glass ones on the top maybe (laughs) they have they've they've only ever broken one ornament um it was a little a little inuit holding like a little baby penguin and they broke the little penguin off um i mean if i were one of them i would have wanted to play with the penguin too yeah and, and that was one of the like ornaments that was like an heirloom ornament so i was a little oh, sad no. <laughs> yeah it, it was a bummer but uh you know i just glued it back together so it's fine oh perfect um uh, but the my tree is decorated almost entirely by wooden handmade ornaments that my father has made for me because he's very talented shout out to mark that's um, amazing <laughs> but their favorite one by far and away last year to play with was a wooden bell that has like an actual little clacker inside. Oh, I can <laughs> see the caterpillar <laughs> in that. But I want to know how they figured out it has a clacker. Like how many times did they hit the other ornaments to figure out that one was the one that makes noise? Was it, it was it on a lower branch? Could they have just like walked by it and their tails Maybe. swiped at it or something? Maybe. I can't remember at this point. Huh. I just remember waking up in the middle of the night and hearing clack, 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 <laughs> clack, 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 clack. And be like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) Turns out it was the bell because it was halfway across the apartment (laughs) the next morning. (laughs) That's the other thing is like they don't just keep them in the living room. They're usually scattered around the floor, but they're also like it's not uncommon to wake up uh, because we live on second floor. So there's a big staircase in our apartment and it's not uncommon for us to wake up in the middle of the night to these stairs as a like half pound wooden ball gets thrown <laughs> from the top step. <laughs> and I just imagine all three of them, Kenway, Jang- uh, Django and Nimbus standing at the top of the stairs, like little children being like, how far do you think it will go? I think it'll go seven <laughs> steps. I think it'll go six steps. <laughs> and they're just like whipping it down. <laughs> I can totally see Kenway doing it too, trying to get you guys up because he wants you to be up and snugging him that's fair he's been very snuggly this winter like over the top snuggly in bed like he like last night he truly just didn't move and you know this isn't a live radio taping so we are taping this in advance of actual christmas morning but i'm hoping to be honest my christmas miracle would be if all three cats would come on the bed on Christmas Day. Oh, I, I may think, bribe them with treats. <laughs> that's a wonderful thing to wish for. It's so wholesome. I love it. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm always waging this this tree war with the cats. Thankfully, they've never knocked over the tree entirely, and we do not anchor it to the wall. Uh, I don't think our walls are thick enough to be any sort of help. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they but they like to play with it. And I make sure that they have safe things to play with that are close to them. And we make sure that we keep all the things that are that are toxic to kitties out of the house. So no mistletoe, no poinsettias, no glitter, which is a shame because I love glitter. Oh, I hate glitter. But all of those things, not in the house. There are these decorations at work right now that have glitter all over them and I have to touch them to like turn lights on and shit. And then I go into the bathroom and there's glitter on my face and on my clothes and I'm like, oh, and you can't get it off. 
elf rupees. You like you swipe and you think yeah. it's off, but no. it's stuck to your no. hand. No, and then you, you don't just moved realize it around. It's stuck to your hand, and then mm-hmm. you touch your face, and it's on your face again. Yeah. Yep. It's it's like the clap. <laughs> it just gets around. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, this has devolved quickly on your Christmas uh, 25th morning, however you celebrate. And we're going to talk about how we celebrate and frankincense uh, in just a moment. Cool. See you soon, witches. Just wanted to give you a quick disclaimer. It's Christmas Day and we're going to be talking about a certain bearded fellow. So if you have uh, little ones around, maybe this is a just for you episode. Maybe don't. Yeah, don't. Maybe don't. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) I was just reminded of... what we do with Christmas trees <laughs> after uh, I have been known uh, with engineer Dan's help to collect all the trees in the neighborhood and stack them in the backyard, which we then chop and burn. because we have a fireplace, uh, but they definitely provide like a little happy house for the bunnies and the squirrels and that sort of thing until it is warm enough. And one particular year I have very vivid memories for the most part of a, a competitive endeavor of who could drag the most trees in the backyard. And the answer was 21, 21 trees from all around the neighborhood. I'm sure our neighbors love us. I know our downstairs neighbors were particularly pleased by the wall of Christmas trees outside their apartment. <laughs> who, who, who ended up dragging the most over? Uh, I think I did only because I was fueled by the, uh, the spite of Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> and I just needed to save them all. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I know I've talked a lot in the last, uh, whatever, 10 minutes or so about Christmas. And uh, that's not what everyone celebrates. And uh, I want to chat a little bit about um, specifically Yule. And Yule traditions, and I know Yule was, you know, a little bit ago, but uh, you know, there's so many things that, like, translate from Yule that are uh, adopted by uh, Christmas traditions, whether it's a Christian Christmas or just an agnostic Christmas or an atheist Christmas, whatever. Uh, and some people don't celebrate either, and that's also totally cool. Um, whatever you're doing today, you know, we hope you're you're safe and happy and healthy. But I want to talk a little bit about you know, what we do. I'm a Christmas nut. I'm not. I'm really not. Um, I like to acknowledge the Yule season. Um, but I'll more like celebrate the solstice and the time surrounding that than Christmas proper. I don't like how capitalist and commercial Christmas has become. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. So, like, Brian and I don't do gifts for one another. Um, We usually both have the day off on Christmas, so we'll spend the day together um, doing something. Whether, like, you know, I think a couple of years ago, we ate mushrooms and watched movies all day. (laughs) That sounds awesome. uh, sometimes we'll go up and visit his family in Maine. Um, they celebrate Christmas and that's fine. You know, I'm totally fine with celebrating Christmas with people who want to celebrate it. Um, I just choose not to acknowledge it personally. Yeah, that's, I think that's totally fair. I think the things that I like about Christmas, I think I've mentioned this before. I, I grew up Christian. Mm-hmm. So when I was a child, it was split between the magic of Santa Claus and, uh, and the birth of Jesus. Now, as a teenager and into my adulthood, and now where I am at this point at 36, I am I am wholeheartedly not into the birth of Jesus. Uh, that being said, uh, I still like Christmas a lot. And I thought I wouldn't. I didn't celebrate it for a long time. I sort of went through a, a bit of a phase where I didn't celebrate it for, you know, whatever reasons. But... But I've come back around into, I really like the spirit of Christmas and I like all of the traditions and I like, um, for me, it's a, it's mostly associated with really happy memories. And I'm, and I'm a traditionalist person. I like like traditions, whether it's a ritual that I do around a full moon or the thing I always do on my birthday or whatever it might be. And for me, there were so many really positive family magical traditions around Christmas that it just makes me still delighted to think about them. And I'm very fortunate. And I I acknowledge that that is a very fortunate, lucky, privileged, loved position to be in. Um, But because of that, I don't want those things to die. I don't want those to just be things I experienced in my childhood and then left behind because I'm an adult. Uh, I want to, I want to keep that alive. I think that's a good point. I think that the magic of the Yule season and the magic of the Christmas season, um, are, are often lost in adulthood. I think that it is kept alive by people who, you know, who had wonderful Christmases as children. I, I certainly did. Um, and who have their own families and want to keep that magic alive for their families. But as um, adults with, with no children like we are, (laughs) um, it it can be tough to do that for sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it is, you know, sort of, is pushed off onto like if you don't have kids then like you know oh how sad you don't get to celebrate christmas i'm like boo hoo <laughs> like hell i don't <laughs> uh i also f- uh feel like you know in reflection um one of the reasons i really like all this sort of like the magic and the tradition around it is it was one of the first things where i as a child truly believed in magic uh because i was smart enough um to be aware of the fact that Santa Claus cannot possibly fit down our chimney that goes into the (laughs) furnace. Uh, But I was a believer enough to believe that when my parents left uh, an earmuffs for children under a certain age, I guess at this point, this is an adults only podcast, (laughs) I think, (laughs) but I don't want to ruin anybody's magic. So parents, this is the point where like maybe you, you know, private ears for adults only, but I, you know, it was, it was the like the b- 
the belief and the want to believe in something spectacular and magical that, you know, I believed that the little note that my dad wrote and the little piece of deer fur that he left uh, on the kitchen table as a note from Prancer was really <laughs> Prancer's fur. <laughs> and Was Prancer your favorite? He was my favorite. I don't know if I had a favorite. I think, I mean, I guess... I don't know. I think I probably liked Rudolph like <laughs> all of the other kids because he was weird. I liked know, Prancer because there was like the, there was that like Prancer movie in the nineties. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So the, there was a lot of stuff like that. Like we had a whole chant, um, and this will actually lead into we're gonna do a little ritual for everyone on the air. And so I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna save what I was about to say for our ritual because it ties into my ritual thing. Oh yeah. Uh but you guys you guys are cool with waiting anyway. Right? <laughs> They're just gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just I really always enjoyed that magical element. And I think um you know as I got older and learned more about other people's traditions and pagan traditions in particular around Yule, I realized most of what I like are Yule traditions, yeah. not Christian traditions. Well, so many of the, the old Yule pagan traditions were um, adopted into the Christian tradition yeah. of Christmas. Yeah, to get them, I guess, to switch, I'm guessing. Absolutely. I don't know. I, 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 I think mean, it's unfair. <laughs> Well, yeah, absolutely, because the pagan traditions are super cool. But um, there, there came a time where you know religions were battling, and everybody wanted somebody to believe in something else. This was the way to get them to switch, and it was easy enough. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere that the birth of Christ was probably more around Easter. Yeah, yeah, same. It was definitely not. Sorry, it was definitely not today. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, if you have if you have hot and heavy feelings about that, let me know. But I think uh, you know, I think everyone's fairly aware that you know dates were sketchy around all of that. Yeah. Um, but I love I love all the things that have lived and and come forth. And one of them that I really really do enjoy are both Christmas lights and Christmas trees. Yeah. Uh, and I did a little a little snooping, but this is something that I actually had, had known before or known for a bit. Um, and the Christmas lights, I always thought that the Christmas lights in the windows were to like like a single candle in the window kind mm -hmm. of thing. I grew up with a lot of that in my in my hometown, and I always felt like it was a somebody lives here. If you have nowhere to go, it's a light in the window. Like oh. you could like, this is a welcoming house, uh, which I think is part of it. Um, but the idea of also like in a dark night, there is a light lit and, um, in, in and around the darkest night of the year and around Yule and that being a Yule tradition, you light a candle, you light, you create light mm -hmm. in the dark to welcome the sun and remind the sun to return uh, and remind yourselves that even though you have cold, hard months ahead and hard living for people, especially when these traditions started, mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, there's... There is still light at the end of that darkness and you can push back the darkness by creating your own sense of light and love. Oh, I love that. I, I, I never knew that that was like the actual history of it. It always, to me, just it, it signified warmth and warm, yeah. a warm place. Yeah, no, that's very similar. It's like that set, that whole sentiment. Yeah. Very much the same. Um, the tree is something new that I've learned. Um, the tree... Uh, in pagan traditions was a symbol of, uh, 
of growth and fertility and life and prosperity and all of those things. Yeah. Um, so you would actually bless, you would choose a tree like very specifically uh, and you would bless it. And then you would give thanks for it. And then you would bring it inside wherever you were living as a sign of life um, in a place where, again, you know, a lot of these traditions started, you know, as far back as like the dark ages when winter, like people died, <laughs> like it was hard and they would run like in the coming months, they would run out of food and, you know, like they would rely, have to rely on hunting and that sort of thing. So you've, you've gathered all your stores from the summer, you've preserved them over the fall. You've been, you know, the beaver moon, you've been hunting and trapping. And now is the mm-hmm. time where you hunker down, but you bring this sign of life that you've blessed and is blessed to remind you you that you know there is you know there is life and growth and um and that the gods are with you yeah totally yeah there really is nothing more pagan than cutting down a tree and dragging it into your house (laughs) and i love it (laughs) (laughs) i if i uh if i had my own yard like i i have a yard but if i owned my own yard yeah um and had more trees on my yard because i always definitely have more trees i would decorate a tree outside I would probably still cut one down and bring it in, but, uh, but I would love to have an outside decorated tree. I think that that would be a really cool, like bless the tree and give thanks outside. Absolutely. All of the good things come from outside. We have, uh, there are a lot of other like rituals and traditions that the Yule log is a big one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the thing everybody sees on like Netflix. Uh, it's the burning log, but that is an actual, like, again, you bless you choose a log, you bless it, you burn it, you give thanks. It brings warmth. Everyone, you know, it's a very like ceremonial thing. Yeah. It's sort of like, an um, you take the old log from the previous year and you burn it to to burn away anything you know negative or or whatever from the past year um and with that comes the new year and the light and the warmth of the sun um and all of the new things to come i love that i actually have a yule log that i'll be burning later today that's amazing um it is it was a gift uh on my birthday um from Plum Island Beach uh, here in Massachusetts. <gasps> and, awesome. yeah. and so that's been drying outside my yard. Um, then I brought it inside. Uh, it's my little witch cabinet right now. And, and I plan on burning that and giving thanks for everything that I've enjoyed this year and for a good year next year. That's super cool. I've always wanted to burn a Yule log, but I've never been in a space where I can actually burn something. Yeah, I have uh, I have a little fire pit, so <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> I, I'm going to burn it in the fire pit, um, and it'll be yeah, and I think it'll be nice. Um, as mentioned, we want to do a little ritual of our own uh, because you know we this is our first Yule Christmas. It happens to be on the 25th uh, episode, and we wanted to share a little bit of our our traditions, good intentions, a little bit of my uh, Christmas magic, and a little bit of Lindsay's Yule traditions, and bring you all together. So we're going to do this on the air for all of you, because we learned our lesson last time time we asked Dan to leave. Bad things <laughs> happened. <laughs> so... Uh, Engineer Dan is going to hang out and participate with us as well. Totally. And uh, I'll uh, I'll verbally set the stage here for you, but there will be pictures on our Instagram. Uh, so we have uh, our our long used traditional uh, witch patch, uh, and 
uh, with this, we have a brand new ritual candle, which we actually hadn't lit at the beginning of the show. So we're going to light it as part of the ritual. Uh, it is a pine cone, uh, with, and it is from Beverly Bees here in Massachusetts, and they are my preferred um, bee candle company. <laughs> uh, but we're going to we're going to light that particular candle, and that is going to be our ritual candle for the next few months, as long as that little baby lasts. We have a couple of ceremonial candles, and uh, we have a little bundle of uh, good intentions. And I'll talk a little bit more about those as we get going. We have some offerings, I think. We have, uh, I've been given a piece of parchment and uh, Lynn's going to explain what we're going to do with that. We have our cauldron with some frankincense and we're going to talk about frankincense a little bit later and a little bit more in depth as well. So I hope that painted a beautiful little visual picture for you. Uh, We didn't decide who's going to start. I'm voting Lindsay. We didn't decide who's going to start. So... All right. Well, why don't we, to start, why don't we light our ritual candle? Okay. I think that's, that's a great a, idea. I think that's a good place to start. Um, it's closer to you. So yeah, I that's fine. <laughs> <do> it. <laughs> it's a fresh, a fresh and beautiful pine cone candle. And there was something about the pine cone that just sort of, I don't know, stood out to me. There were lots of like other log snowflake options. The first time lighting these candles, though, I got to say they never truly want to light. Oh, this there one tricked goes. me. There it goes. <laughs> I had a bad moment, like another moment know, of like, was, like, was this oh, one not going to no. light again? <laughs> Tazim is back. Oh, yeah. Not today, Tazim. Not today. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so I uh, we, we would have a ritual candle that we've been sort of doing this it just felt right um initially and it sort of felt like a uh something that we can do at the beginning of every episode to sort of invite ourselves into the space create the right atmosphere create the right intention um bring good vibes and a sense of like warmth and community and and i hope that that continues with this particular candle for the next few months I, I, and I think it will. We always have a nice, safe little circle here when we when we, we record these episodes. We're happy. We're having fun. We have lots of laughs. <laughs> we have laughs. good drinks, um, which I also think is super important for, you know, any any gathering, but especially during the Yule season um, to keep that sense of community going is sharing good drink and sharing good food. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I am feel inspired then to share a toast. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about wassail first. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me one second while I pull up my notes. Um, so I'm saving you all from caroling. I'm not going to sing, but I am going to talk about it. wassail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I first heard about wassail as a child. Uh, there was a claymation Christmas special where they went wassailing. <laughs> and uh, I loved this. If you ever get a chance to watch it, I cannot recommend it more. It has California raisins in it, Dude, and yes. and has and it's hosted by two dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, it's my is my favorite, most favorite. Uh, but wassail uh, is Old English for uh, be well, be uh, hail, which I don't know what it means, or good health. Uh, Usually it's a, so it's a toast. It's a cheers. Um, it's a like be in good health kind of thing. And it's a strong drink usually of ale, honey, and spices or mold apple cider. And traditionally when, uh, when folks went into the forest to, 
to fall a tree, um, usually an oak tree, for the Yule log. Um, they would anoint the tree with wassail and bedeck themselves with a wassail-soaked cloaks, and um, and that sort of started the ritual. And then eventually, people, uh, you know, were like, uh, maybe I don't want to wear wet alcoholic clothing outside in the winter (laughs) (laughs) and they decided it'd be more fun to drink it uh but it started you know uh it would be poured into a a large bowl it would be served to guests um it was sort of the the christmas punch um and because spices apple cider honey and ale were all like things that were good for you so they were all things that would you know traditionally bring you good health so we uh, don't have any honey spiced ale, but we do have some whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> and this particular bottle of whiskey was gifted in good intentions from some loving coworkers of mine. So I think it's very fitting um, that we that we give thanks and good health to each other and you, the listeners, on this holiday day. And yeah, we're going to cheers and drink some whiskey. Awesome. Let's do it. Cheers, pals. Love and appreciate you guys. That whiskey is really good. It is very good. Way better than eggnog. <laughs> I, I've had my one eggnog this season in latte form. One and only one. And every time I have it, I regret it. It's gross. Yeah, <laughs> but I have to have it. I don't know why. I'm, I'm going to pass on the elf come every single time. <laughs> uh, gross. <laughs> All right. We have lit our candle. We have wassailed. Uh, what's next? So I mentioned a a few minutes ago that I've always wanted to burn a Yule log, but since I don't have a space where I can burn a Yule log, I've adapted that tradition a little to fit uh, what I actually can do. So what I like to do is take a piece of parchment and write things about the past year that... um, you know, sometimes it it can be things that happened. It can be things that you want to make better for next year. It can be things that you want to achieve for the next year. It can be anything. Whatever you're feeling, whatever your intent is, whether you want to wash away the past year or or set intents for the next year, I write it down on that piece of parchment. Um, and then I burn it. Awesome. Why yeah. Why parchment? Parchment is, it's just, it's such an old type of paper. Um, and to me that like the age on the paper um, or the, the age, like how, whenever, I don't even know when parchment was invented. Yeah, I, have I have no, no idea. idea. <laughs> but it's it's been used in magical traditions forever. Cool. So to me that represents um, the Yule log and the old log from the past year. And the burning of it is sort of like the burning of that Yule log where you're burning away the past year and welcoming in the warmth of the fire and the light for the coming year. Awesome. I love that. Um, We have a little cauldron uh, that we can do some safe burning in. And uh, I know, Lindsay, you've got yours prepared. I'm going to write down mine, Engineer Dan, if uh, if you want to do the same. and maybe if you're listening at home uh, and you are like, you know, I could use five minutes away from like a screaming six-year-old who didn't get what they wanted from Christmas or whatever it might be, uh, you know, just find your own time today to write down an intention and uh, and give it a little flame. 
So while you're writing down your intentions, I'm going to prepare this cauldron. Um, We have a little charcoal disc in it that has some frankincense resin that we're going to burn. Uh, Which, as Ronnie promised, we are going to talk about. Not right now, but since it's there, we're going to light it, at least. This is super precarious because the charcoal lights really fast and I have to do it in my hands and I'm really nervous that my hand is just going to catch on fire. Ah. My hand isn't really catching on fire, but neither is the charcoal. I did it, you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's <laughs> so smoky. <laughs> uh. This is very smoky. I wasn't expecting frankincense to be quite this smoky. It is so smoky in here now. Uh, but it smells nice. Um, so I'm going to light my piece of paper um, in the ritual candle, actually. I oh, think. yeah. I think that's a great and idea. And then uh, drop it in the little cauldron. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to let you do that first because fire is scary. Yeah, that that is definitely flaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Engineer Dan is going to do his. And while Lindsay lights hers, uh, one of the other things that I have sort of here in our altar I wanted to chat about just for a moment. So I made a little bundle that I'm going to actually uh, return to my personal winter altar. But um, this is a uh, a pine needle, ivy, and crow feather uh, bundle. And uh, the crow feather is an English crow because it is illegal to traffic in American, North American, whatever normal crows you see around. You can't sell their body parts. Um, so this is an English crow feather. And I wanted to have the crow feather because my altar, uh, as photos have been shown, is almost all black for the winter uh, because I want to embrace that sort of solitude and darkness and, uh, and the waiting for the light and being really introspective. Um, ivy is actually a pagan tradition for Yule. Uh, so uh, there are several different um, herbs that are all, or, or evergreens, I suppose, that were all part of the Yule tradition, and um, that's where Christmas holly comes from. Um, but ivy, cedar, uh, evergreens, those types of things, and they were thought to have power over death because their green never fades. So it was used to defeat winter demons, um, hold back death, hold back destruction, um, and they would encourage the sun's return. And I have the pine needles for that as well as a uh, also an evergreen, but as uh, cleansing herb um, that can be used for smudging and uh, as a little bit of a reminder of the um, Christmas magic that I grew up with um, in in Christmas trees and family traditions. Uh, which leads me into my next thing. Uh, I have some food offerings. So as Lindsay said, um, part of the Yule traditions and sort of winter traditions in general involve eating a lot of delicious things. And um, for me, that has always, you know, meant a, a sort of a big dinner on the 25th. But also there was this a little tradition of special candy. Uh, Santa always brought all of our <laughs> Christmas things. So Christmas did not exist in my house growing up until Christmas morning. Santa brought everything. The tree, the candy, the whole shebang. Whoa. Uh, so I, we didn't like get to dine on Christmas candy leading up to the holidays, except for uh, when we put up the Christmas lights. So this was something that my brother and I, I have a younger brother, um, he and I would always do this with my father. And he would give us 
usually five dollars and send us to the the local candy store uh, and we could spend it on whatever we wanted which basically as a thrifty five-year-old meant I would get as much of the cheap shit as I could so that it was volume over quantity <laughs> and we would usually end up with like little like chocolate drops and the the ones with like little sprinkles and that sort of thing on them and also licorice all sorts um, so uh, we would eat these on usually the coldest day of the year leading up to the 25th when my dad decided he would finally stop procrastinating and put up the holiday lights, which involved making hand uh, hand woven pine garland for all around our windows and stringing clear lights um, all, you know, all through those boughs. And we'd eat candy in the cold and I'd get to use a staple gun and get to hang out with my dad. So... <laughs> In honor of that tradition and um, the idea of feasting and giving thanks for a bounty before sort of a, a long winter ahead, uh, I have things here that are reminiscent of that. So I have um, oh, after eight. This is fun. <laughs> this is fun. I like it. <laughs> I have after eight thin mints uh, because Yum. those are my thin mints are so yes, good. Those are my favorite growing up, and mom would never buy them. I had to eat them at my grandmother's house. My grandmother <laughs> used to always have them around Christmas. Oh too. yeah, I don't know where that. Not comes the after from. eights. The other ones. Uh, the Andes ones. Oh yeah, I like the Andes candies too. Yeah. But uh, after yeah, I like the after eights. Um, I also have some uh, candied fruit slices. Uh, those are very traditional. Santa always brought them. They were always like a Christmas morning snack. They look sugary. And they are very sugary. And these are like the fruit jelly kind. Uh, and then I have some black licorice as well. And I was hoping that it would be the salted black licorice so I could capture Lindsay's reaction. <laughs> but it's not. However, these are black little licorice cats. Oh, um, so I have some licorice. I have some candy. I have some chocolate mints um, that I would like to offer up for for snacking. And I think, you know, whether you're celebrating Christmas on the 25th of December or Yule earlier, a couple of a weeks ago, um, or, um, you know, just spending time with friends and family in general, maybe um, you're celebrating Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or maybe you're just doing your own thing um, around this time. And, you know, I think it's important to share food with friends you can always tell the quality of a person by sharing a meal with them totally and whether or not they're willing to eat food after you've put your gross fingers on it yeah (laughs) 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 so yeah uh i i i offer up i'm gonna offer up some black little licorice kitties because Lindsay's face is like i am doing this because i love you and only because i am i hate black licorice oh this is worse than raisins Black licorice. These are the, uh, the oh, like hard, cat, yeah, the little little cats. These right. are the hard zoet drops. So like they're they're for sucking, not for chewing. Oh, oh like, man, yeah, <laughs> get in it. I can't even <laughs> taste it. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna make you actually eat that whole thing. You can totally spit it out if you want to. Uh, I'll swallow it. Okay. Turkey. So we've teased a lot about this frankincense. And it is lit and it smells really lovely in here. Uh, but I am not a frankincense expert. I know one thing about Frank or two things about frankincense. I know the one thing everyone knows, I feel, is that it was one of the three wise men gifts. Oh, God, dude, this licorice is super gross. <laughs> I'm finally tasting it. <laughs> uh, but I am, I am curious, you know, like... <laughs> I gotta soften in your hand. What? <laughs> um, 
I am curious to find out a little bit more about frankincense. Lindsay already had this. So uh, I'm kind of curious, you know, is this something that you've used before? What, like, what can you... Uh, what can you share about frankincense? So, well, frankincense is a resin. It's not like a plant. It comes from a tree. Um, is it like a sap? It is a sap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's a sap that comes out of a tree. It's like, oh gosh, I can't even, I can't even remember. It's good. It's like the ba- Boswellia, Boswellia. It's an um, African tree. It's an African tree. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's a resin that's used as an incense. And the smell is, is, um, I mean, it smells like frankincense. I don't even know how else yeah. to really describe it's it. Kinda it's kind of like, it, it's kind of like jasmine or sandalwood in terms of like, only jasmine smells like ja- jasmine and only sandalwood smells like sandalwood. Yeah. So this smells like frankincense. It definitely does. It's very perfumey. <laughs> it's very perfumey. Um, and as far as like the the like Christmas Yule association with it. Um, Birth of Christ, man. Gifts of the Magi. Yeah. So I was um, looking that up to see why that might've been a gift. And apparently it's uh, thought that at that point in time, the dollar value of frankincense was actually more than uh, gold in terms of like dollar to weight. So it was a very expensive gift to give. I can believe that. Absolutely. I can 100% believe that. There is some symbolism behind it as far as like why there were three gifts presented by the Magi. Um, and the first was gold to represent his his kingship, I guess. Um, his, his, his... I don't know. I, yeah, I guess, I, guess <laughs> yeah. His, I guess his kingship is a good way to describe it. Um... The frankincense as uh, a symbol of his eventual role that he was prophesized to have, um, okay. uh, his worship, his his wisdom, um, priestly role, if you will, I guess, um, and also myrrh uh, to represent, I guess, like as a uh, to represent his death, maybe. Oh, I think so. Myrrh was also, it used to be used as an embalming fluid. Oh, really? I yeah. don't know. We'll have to do a separate episode in the future on myrrh because I don't know anything about myrrh. Yeah, yeah. That I, I think it's neat that frankincense uh, being gifted in that way at that time was very ritualistic and ceremonial and very pagan. Yeah, yeah. I think that... Um, you know, fairly recently, maybe not recently, like, I don't know. I don't know how recently, I guess I should say. But I, I, I do believe that scholars have um, have thought that perhaps aside from the symbolic gesture of those gifts, that it could have a, oh, I, I can't think of the word. I'm losing the word. Like, like there was an actual use for the gifts. Like oh. they were giving these to him so that they could be used, you know, for whatever. Oh, cool. The gold maybe to like pay for food or whatever. And the frankincense because they lived in a barn, maybe. I don't know. Well, I know in, in modern, <laughs> <laughs> in modern uh, magical di- uh, traditions, frankincense is often used as a purifier. Yeah. Sure. Um, so... Uh, you know, you can burn it um, as an essential oil to like cleanse a sacred space. Practical was the word I was uh, looking for. Ah, practical. Yeah, <laughs> practical uses. Um, and I think that there's a uh, people that also, 
you know, sort of believe that frankincense is a natural booster. So if you burn frankincense with other things, it'll enhance the properties of those other things. Okay. Okay. I don't know if there's any truth to that sort of science um, or not, but uh, it, it's a thought. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Have you seen on any of your readings about frankincense? Um, if you can smoke it. Smoke it. Smoke it. I specifically looked this up and no. Oh, you can't? You can't. Please Damn don't. It. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't smoke frankincense. You can do a lot of things with it. So you can make it into oils. You can use the resin and like rub it on shit and like whatever. You can burn it. So you can like be around the smoke, but you cannot inhale the smoke. It is not good for you. I could not find anything that said this was safe to smoke. And if I can't find anything in some basic internet research, I'm not putting it in my body. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We have been smelling it a lot. That was really smoky when we first lit that charcoal. Yeah, it was very, very, very smoky. Um, So sadly, this is our first herb that we or, or thing we could not smoke. But... I think it was, you know, I think it was appropriate to talk about it and use it. I have one last fun frankincense fact. Ooh. That was fun to say. Um, (laughs) So there, uh, apparently, I found one article, so I guess this isn't a lot of information, but uh, that in 2008, there was a research study on the impact of frankincense on depression and anxiety. Mm. And... uh, this was done at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, and uh, it said that there was there was evidence. I don't know how much evidence, but there was evidence that indicated uh, the aroma of frankincense could help regulate emotions such as anxiety and depression. And in their research, unfortunately, although I don't condone testing on animals, sometimes, especially in medical cases, that needs to happen. Um, research showed that testing on lab mice exposed to frankincense, those mice were more willing to spend time in open areas where they typically felt more vulnerable. Oh. Uh, so mice, like if they're alone, tend to cling to a wall. And those that were exposed to frankincense smoke were like totally cool, chilling in the middle uh, all by themselves. And it indicated a drop in anxiety levels. That's really interesting. Huh. So, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Burn a little frankincense, feel a little chill, and celebrate your day. Yeah, it's almost like smoking something. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're like secondhand smoking it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I hope that... uh, I hope that you've enjoyed your time with us if you're having uh if you're celebrating anything special today and you took a few minutes to listen to our podcast while doing so we are eternally grateful we are no less thankful or grateful if you listen to us you know on the 27th 28th or 29th um or anything like that but uh we did want to take a moment and just say you know whether you're celebrating yule or christmas or anything else today um, we hope that you are happy We hope that you are healthy and that you have a sense of peace uh, and that you you celebrate your day in whatever manner that brings you joy. Totally, man. Couldn't have said it better. And, you know, as a reminder, if 
if today is not that day for you, and if today is a day full of anxiety and stress and struggles, whether that is from mental health issues or loneliness or uh, seasonal affective disorder or money worries, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, there are people that care. We care. And there are professionals that are, are trained to help and listen, but they are there for you today. Uh, they're there for you tomorrow and every day. Um, please give them a call. I know that this is a particularly hard time of year and a particularly hard day for a lot of people. And the world is truly a better place with you in it. So if you are having any issues and you need to talk to somebody today, these people want you to call them. So do it. It is 1-800-662-HELP. And it's okay to ask for help. Everyone needs it. We don't get by on anything all by ourselves. Totally, witches. We love you, and somebody else does too. Merry Christmas. Happy Yule. Talk to you next week. Totally. <laughs>